You are now listening to Being Frank on 27 Outs Baseball Radio, where baseball is always on. Now here is your host, Frank Forget About It Conti. Holy sh! just got real. It's gone again. Severino has a three-home run night. A three-homer ball game. Have a night, Pedro. Three home runs. Ground ball first. Davis has got it. Runner stays. Oh, oh mercy. <laughs> How about that flip? The Ravens are going to come call it Chris Davis. I think this is a flea flicker. Check this out. <laughs> All my years. First time I've ever seen this. Live ball. Deep right field. Back it goes. It is caught by Santander. What a play. He throws back to first. Mancini stretches. It's a double play. That ball in the air to center field. Going back. Power alley. Hayes there. Up. And he does it again. Willie Mays Hayes goes to the wall. Hauls it in. He has got a highlight reel of his own for 2019. And a 2-2 swing and a line drive towards the hole. Diving stop by Richie Martin. He gets up and throws, and he got him! He got him at first base! What a play by Martin. Wilkerson is in a save situation. He just looks comfortable out there. And two away. 1-2 delivery on the way. Pujols waiting on it. That's shallow center field at Santander, and they got it! And Wilkerson gets the save in 16 innings. The Orioles' secret weapon earns the save. There it goes! Way back! And the Orioles are going to walk it off! Ruiz comes through! Rio Ruiz hits a walk-off home run out of the flag court, and the Orioles win 8-7. Gonna go for three. Here's Gardner's throw. It's gonna be a triple. One-one is ripped in the right field. He's trying for two. Here's the throw in, and he is safe at second base. A head first slide. Puts it high in the air. Deep to right field. Goodbye, home run. Swinging a line drive to right field. That is in there for a base hit. And VR has done it. He has hit for the cycle. Ball in the air to center field. That ball's hit deep, going back at the wall, up, and a great catch! Austin Hayes robs him of a home run, and Guerrero takes his cap off and raises it high, saluting Hayes. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Outstanding defensive play by Austin Hayes. Oriole fans, there is your center fielder of the future. That ball is tagged at the wall, up and oh! He caught it! He caught it! Unbelievable catch! Stevie Wilkerson! He made the catch! He robs Jackie Bradley! What a play by Wilkerson! One of the greatest catches you will ever see! And now it's time for Conti's Corner. Here's Frank Conti. How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? 
Good morning, Birdland. This is your host, Frank Conti, coming to you live from the 27-ounce Baseball Network studio on QMB 103.3 FM. This is where baseball is always on. I'm your host, Frank Conti. Like I just said, I guess I said that twice, right, Juan? The man behind the glass, the man, the myth, the legend, Juan. He makes a lot of these shows on 27 ounce tick and go. So, uh, yeah, that's why he's the legend. And I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here this morning. Heading over to Sarasota, Florida very soon. Probably tomorrow. Going to be covering, you guessed it, spring training. Baltimore Orioles spring training. Now, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, uh, Juan, I was talking to a couple of people the other day, obviously, CBS Sports, and oh, I guess before I get into my, my little conversation thing, you can get the show on Anchor FM, you can get the show on Spotify, you get the show on QMB 103.3 if you're local, uh, you can get the show on millions and trillions of other places, radio.com, um, yeah, all over the place. Stitch, we get the show on a million platforms, a couple of CBS sports radio stations also. Most of the shows on 27-ounce baseball radio network. Uh, there's a Met show, there's a Cardinal show, there's a Brave show, there's a um, Blue Jays show, there's this show, there's a million shows, and they're adding shows all the time, almost every major league team is eventually going to be on here with the show, and then there's also a major league show, there's a fantasy baseball show, there's a minor league baseball show, so there's a ton of shows on this network, and it's where baseball's always on, so now that the bills are all paid, let's get into what I was about to say, I was about to say that, I was, I was talking to a buddy, Juan, and um, he asked me, he said, Frank, you cover the Baltimore Orioles now. You know, um, and I noticed in your track record, you covered teams that weren't great when you started with them. Right? You way back when you were with the Royals when they weren't good. Then you were with um the Marlins, then the Rays, the Twins, now the Orioles. You also dabble with the Mets for a little bit when they weren't too good. He, um, how do you pump yourself up going into a spring training when you know your team is, unless they well overachieve, is not going to contend? Um, I told him I'm a different character than a lot of other people. First of all, I love the game of baseball. doesn't matter if you're going to contend or if you're not. I, I think baseball is all about making memories. When you're a young kid, you show up at that ballpark with your father, your grandfather, your uncle. Doesn't matter, right? Your mother, doesn't matter. You walk out in that concourse and you see that field, they're watering down the infield. The grass is cool. You know, it's like cut and checkers and, and, and stuff like that. And you just hear the sounds. You smell the food. You smell the field. Then you go get your hot dog, your soda, your, your pretzel, you know, peanuts or Cracker Jacks, whichever one you normally get. You sit down, you have your hat on, you have your glove with you, you have your program. I mean, used to give the programs and then you could buy like the big books. You sit down and the game starts and 
national anthem and the noises and the fans and the cheering and the crack of the bat and, and just enjoying that, that can never be taken away from you. It doesn't matter the outcome of the game. If your team wins, great. You're getting hyped. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, you know, it's even it's, it highlights. It's the whipped cream and cherry. But the ice cream, people don't go to an ice cream shop and get whipped cream and cherry by itself. I mean, maybe I guess maybe some people might, but I mean, you know, I doubt it. You go for the ice cream, and that's what the ice cream is. The whipped cream and cherry on top of the ice cream for free, and a lot of it is the win. So it's all about memory. So to me, when you love the game, you love the game. And I love minor league baseball. I, I My passion came when I started scouting. When I first started scouting was because I scouted young players. I scouted first I scouted players that weren't even signed. Then I scouted minor league players for trades and other things. And, and that's how I fell in love with the game, the purity of the game. And then working with those teams that use their farm system a lot, the Rays, the Marlins, the Twins. I mean, can you, can you pick any three other teams that use their farm system that much? You know what I mean? So, and that the league benefits off their farm system. You know, the Marlins trade a lot of people. Rays have traded some people, um, even the Twins. But you take that into an account, and, and then you start, it's a, when you show up, you start seeing players that you scouted, you put, um, you know, a lot of work into that, you know, in your in your notes and everything, and you're excited to see them. And everybody's optimistic this time of the year. I, and when I say people are optimistic, don't get me wrong, Birdland. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you're optimistic that you're going to win a World Series. There's only three teams in baseball, maybe four teams in baseball that right now going into spring training could can hope for a World Series. Right? Maybe four tops, definitely two. Like the Dodgers and Yankees could hope for a World Series right now, right? Like them, if I had a, if you had to put money right now, this second, someone has a gun in your head, hopefully not, and they say, hey, vote on the World Series teams, I would say the Dodgers and Yankees, right? It would be the safe bet. I mean, you're not going to win too much money on those odds. You have to put down a lot of money. And then I would say the third team, I would really pick the Minnesota Twins as my third team. I mean, you look at that National League landscape right now. I mean, the Braves, are they a clear-cut favorite, the Braves? Are they? I mean, they're not bad. I mean, you know, I, I would say that they're the second favorite in the National League. If their pitching holds up, I think they're okay. I mean, but are they, if they come in second place to the Mets or the Phillies, are, are you shocked? Are you shocked? Especially if the Mets going hard after Lindor. I mean, oof, where'd this come from? I mean, what do you what are they what are they saying? Is Cano done? Is that what he's? I mean, I don't even know where to go with that. I you know the Mets show. I can't wait to listen to. I can't wait to listen to those guys because to me, you know, going hard after Lindor means he could play short. Rosario had an All Star season last year. At the you know especially defensively the second half of the season so you're not going to disrupt that right are you I mean the Mets got enough to get them I mean they have Dominic Smith they could trade they have a couple of outfielders now I mean you technically you could throw if you, you're going to put Nemo in center and hope that he does his thing like he's your guy he's healthy 
and you have Cafordo and you have JD Davis, then okay. Well, then you have Cespedes. So Cespedes is healthy. If they you know, would, would I trade for Lindor? Would I trade Nemo? Dominic Smith, Steven Matz, one of my top five prospects. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they want Edwin Diaz, I throw him in there. And, you know, I actually one up that. I say, you know what? We'll give you Steven Matz. We'll give you we'll give you Noah Syndergaard. Dominic Smith. You take Cespedes and Edward Diaz, and we'll give you a top five, but you're giving us sunshine, and you're giving us Lindor. I do that in a second, right? Because if you're going to take Cespedes' $10 million, you're going to take, you know, um, um, Synagard's money, and you're going to take Stephen Matz, and I'm getting a pitcher back anyway, then I can eat Cano's contract and put Lindor at second base. I'll even throw in a second prospect if you take Cano. I would. Or I give them JD Davis instead of Nemo. JD Davis, two pit, two great pitchers, Dominic Smith, and a prospect, and you take Edwin Diaz and Cano. Absolutely. 110% for those two guys. 110%. But this is a this is not a Met show or anything like that. But um you know, I, I, I could see the Mets winning that division. So I mean the Braves clear cut favorite. Who's in the central was the clear cut favorite? I mean, I love the Reds. I want the Reds to win that division, but who's a clear cut favorite in that division? The Cardinals haven't done much. The Cubs, whatever. The Brewers, I don't think, have enough going on. Honestly. 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 And then, you know, I, I mean, I like what the, what the um, you know, the Padres are doing. I like what Arizona's doing, but they're not going to beat out the Dodgers. And then you go over, you think the Astros are going to contend this year? I mean, they're going to be a decent ball club. I mean, Dusty Baker hopefully will keep that ship sailing in the right direction. But they're going to be, I mean, that that's going to be one, that's a circus. I mean, that's much, is that much, is that must watch TV for baseball next year? One, like, I mean, there's certain games that they need to put on prime time, right? The first game against the Yankees, first game against the Yankees, the Yankee Stadium, first game, you know, against anybody, really. I mean, the first game against anybody, there's going to be a lot of, what about Oakland versus, versus them? Same division. Mike Fires on the mound that day. That's a much. That's a watch game. I mean, I don't know who the West. I think who's the West? They're playing the East, right? The West is playing the East this year. I feel. I feel like I want to say. I want to say that's. 
No, the central. So the what? I don't know. Whatever it is, it is. So. To me, that's much watch TV. Every time the, the Astros face that team for the first time, who are they going to throw at? Is it going to be a bench clear? Uh, what's going to happen? Anytime is, I mean, that's mu- especially the Yankees. Like, that's must. They, they, the Major League Beast was a lot of must watch TV this year, no? They got the Astros situation. They got how Mike Fires is going to be handled when he when he does things. You know, they got a lot of big time trades like Mookie Betts with the with the Dodges. Um, you know, the the Cincinnati Reds have some some things going on there. The Twins look really good. The Yankees have Cole. The Mets turned around. The Marlins have some studs. You know, they, they did what they needed to do to be to be better. The Braves have a, have some good-looking team going on there. So with the Diamondbacks. And then you have that game out in, uh, what is it? It's Iowa or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, Iowa. Over there in uh, the Field of Dreams game, which is the White Sox versus the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be huge. So there's a lot of big-time baseball. This year, I'm excited. I'm excited, but the clear if you're not clear cut favorites, like getting back to what I was talking about, if you're not clear cut favorites to win the World Series, I'm not talking about optimism being the Yankees and, and Dodgers. I think the Twins are third, I think the Braves are fourth, and after that, it could be anybody. It could be I'm not even going into anybody else. I mean, those are the teams, right? So, if you're not one of those four teams, you you can't be punching your ticket to the World Series, and it's a drop off after the Yankees and the and the Dodgers at this point. When I say optimistic, I'm optimistic about the future, optimistic about you're not as worse as what you think you're going to be this year. The Baltimore Orioles are not going to be a pushover team this year. You're not going to walk at the Cameron Yards and beat them 9-2. It's not going to happen. Okay, you're not going to walk, you're not going, they're not going to come into your stadium and lose, you know, 11 to 4. That's not going to happen. Okay? They're going to be competitive. They're going to be in almost every game. Every team gets blown out, every team gets shut out. Every team blows out. Every team shuts out, right? That's just, the, you know, it matters how many. You ain't going to get four games in a row where you're losing 11 nothing. the Baltimore Orioles. No, they have a very competitive lineup. They have some great things to look forward for the future. And they have a very, they have a, a, a future pitching staff that's going to be disgusting. And the relieving staff isn't that bad. And they have some guys floating around that could really make it. And if anybody takes it to the next step, this team's going to overachieve. Now, the Red Sox. You know, that's a team you need to look at and say that the Baltimore Orioles can actually end up in front of. And, and I'm not lying to you. Like, this is not out of the ordinary. Like, this is not. You tell me. Besides Devereux and Bogarts. How, why the, why the Red Sox are a better team. Than the Baltimore Orioles. You tell me this. Because I want to know. I want to know. Because I don't see it. I don't I don't see it. I mean, Bogarts is one of the, uh, Dever, excuse me, is one of the best players in the game, right? I mean, they won 30 more games than the Baltimore Orioles last year. But you traded your star and you traded a pitcher that you don't have an answer to replace. Right? I mean, 
Let's be honest. So you have this team that has a four-man rotation, and after two starters, is not really that good anyway. I mean, they have like like eight players gonna gonna play first base, I guess, this year. I mean, is that is that a recipe for success? Because I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I mean, right now you have you have Marlin playing um first base, right? And I think Crumlin could be the same. Excuse me, Matt Castleback. Uh, not Matt Castleback. Um, I, I'm I'm looking at so I'm looking at uh the Boston Red Sox uh team here, but um. Matt Castle, I think, can be just as good as Mitch Marlin, if not better. He has a higher ceiling than Mitch Marlin. So that 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 uh, that to me is already and and Chris Davis. I I will get into him later. I'm just using the number four prospect, Baltimore Orioles, big dog. I like him a lot. I think he should start at first base. He's a top prospect at that position, and I think right there, write it off. Second base, they got him beat. Alberto has. Has whoever they're going to put it second, Chavez, uh, Pedora, um, Jake, whatever they're putting at second base, we have him beat. Now, Bogarts is an awesome shortstop. He beats out um, Iglesias, no problem. All right, but Iglesias, whatever. At third base, Devers is probably one of the best up-and-coming players in all of baseball. But Luis, to me, he's he. I cannot wait for this kid to play a full season at third base. Rio Luis. I love this kid's bat. And you're going to like it also. So it's not a pushover. You don't have bets no more in the outfield. J.D. Martinez and Nunez, the same. All right? Now, I don't know who they're going to put in the outfield. Uh, I don't know if they're going to start this young kid from the Dodgers, which they probably will. But you have you have Boomer. And then Bradley Jr., I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, he's 29. I think I'd rather watch Hayes play than Bradley Jr., uh, Bradley, what did he even do last year? Wonky, what did he do? 225, 21 homers and 62 RBIs? I'm not even worried. Not even worried. Not even worried. That tells me that's a bunch of strikeouts with a 225 batting average. And then they have in left field, they have a pretty good, you know, energetic player that I like watching play the game. He's 25 years old, Andrew Bentonini. And, um, you know, he batted 266, 13, 68. You worried about those numbers? Juan, are you worried about those numbers? You're not worried about those numbers. No, those are not numbers to worry about. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony already had a better season than him. Anthony beat out Andrew already, and Hayes is already better than than Brady Jr. I already think. I, I mean, just looking at the little stint that he had, if he keeps on that track, he's better. And then in right field, they already have the rookie beat with with Boomer, with Trey. He already beat the rookie. First base is a wash for both teams. Second base, we beat them. They have us on short and, and third, which is not by far though. I mean, Dever uh, Devers is going to be is a great young player. All right, I'm not going to, but this kid Louise is not going to be a pushover. It's not like he's a bum. Louise is really good, and they're about the same age. I mean, Devers is just you know three 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 eleven with thirty two homers and 115 RBIs. I mean, not even a, I mean, Louise puts up those numbers. We we fell into some. You know stuff, and then Bogart's another great player, um, twenty-seven years old. Who knows if they're gonna end up trading him? But he batted what three hundred nine? What is three hundred nine? Three hundred nine exactly. Okay, <laughs> uh, thirty-three home runs and one hundred seventeen RBIs. Thank you, Juan. Um, 
We need to get your mic in there so you could, besides pulling up things for me in, in my ear, we, the people can hear you talk. Um, yeah, this is a guy that's from Aruba. I mean, great stuff. But those two are the only ones. And then the catching situation, we, the catching tandem that we have is, is you know, 29. Uh, listen, Vasquez has a very had a very good year. 276, 2372. Um, you know, our catch can uh tandem is, is not as bad. They have Pilecki. It's not that far off. So if you look at the depth chart right there, not that big of a deal. Now you're telling me Chris Sales that is a 30-year-old, so he's a year older, six and eleven with a 440 ERA. That's their ace. Now, does Chris Sales have a track record of being better? Yes, he does. And that's why the Boston Red Sox are picked better than the Baltimore Orioles because of the track record. 19-6 and six with a 381, just second starter, and Aguado Rodriguez. Okay, that's your starter. But John Means is not far off from that. So John Means and him, okay. Chris Sales and Cobbs, okay. And Alex Cobbs looks healthy and looks really good right now. I'll tell you that, and I get that from a lot of sources. That, and I'm going to see that for myself. Nathan Evaldi was 2-1 with a 599 ERA. Okay? David Price was traded. They got Perez, and then they don't have anybody else. Martin Perez, 28-year-old, that was 10-7 and a 512 ERA. So you tell me how the Baltimore Orioles don't pan out with them. They have Workman, they have Barnes, they have Taylor, they have Hernandez, they have Humblebee, they have um Van, they have a couple of guys, you know, Weber, um Chris Mesa, Austin Bryce. They have a couple of guys that are that are okay in the bullpen. Nothing to, to you know, the run home the mom about, right? So the, the, so besides two great players now they traded bets and a, and maybe one or two pitchers that can over like of all they could overachieve again. And Chris Sales could get back to form. And yeah, okay. But me saying that the Boston Red Sox could end up in last place and Baltimore be better than them, that's not that's not out of the ordinary. I don't think that that's a – I went out on a limb last year and picked the Minnesota Twins to be the fourth-best team in baseball and win that division over the, over the Indians, and everybody asked me to go take a drug test. And, well, they were the fourth-best team in baseball last year. Actually, they were third record-wise. No, they were fourth. Excuse me. They were fourth. It was the Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, and then them. And then um, and then it was the Braves. Well, I think they're going to be the second-best team in the, Nash- in the American League and, and, and the third-best team in baseball this year. But so me saying the Baltimore Orioles end up in fourth place and the Red Sox, depending on what they, they trade next, is you know that might not be a bold bold uh, prediction if they trade you know Bradley and they trade they trade Bogarts and and you know they trade sales I mean they, they could you know trade everything and and at this point why not right now you know if you overachieve Red Sox if you overachieve <clears throat> and Chris Sales bounces back and and Avaldi bounces back and that bullpen holds up you're a third place team that's shocking because the Rays are better than you. But Toronto might end up better than you. And they should end up better than you. And let me tell you, the Baltimore Orioles, not far. We are not far from that at all. At all. 
so optimistic is not last place, closer to 500, maybe 70-something wins, a 20-game turnaround, 22-game turnaround. That's optimistic. And then on top of those numbers, the numbers on the paper, the other numbers of Luis saying that he's for real deal, and which I think he will be. I'm not, I'm not dis- disputing that. And Glacius could hold it down for one more year. Roberto continues on his stretch. All right. Castle comes around and does his thing. Adelie's a year away. You know, next year you're going to have him hitting it. Maybe he comes up September and turns some heads, and you know next year he's your dog. You got Trey. Hayes is what everybody expects him to be, Willie Mays Hayes. I mean, he, he unbelievable defense, bats 300. He is one – he's a guy you – you want on your team, does things for the community, loves the game, loves he's humble. That's the dude in center field. And then you have a guy like Anthony that just I think is going to put up be one of those guys like Trey, just under the radar, great. And then you have Nunez, the power dude, the DH. Okay, and you have a pretty good catch in tandem right now, but you know you have the future there. And you know you have your other future. You have Diaz, another future outfielder from Cuba. That's unbelievable. They got from the Dodgers in the Manny trade. You got – um. You got your future shortstop in either Martin or, or or Hall. Hall can also play second base. So if Martin makes short, Hall's your future second baseman to replace um, Alberto because he's you know Alberto's twenty seven at this point. I know he's that's young to people's brains and eyes, but when you're rebuilding a team and in three years away from winning, he's going to be thirty when you start winning, and you want that you want that window of of winning to be more than three to four years. You want it to be a decade. So that's why you have to have your thing, game plan there. You know, even if Matt Castle doesn't do his thing this year at first and it's Davis, you know you have him waiting in the rings, in the wings, excuse me. And then you look at that pitching staff. Now, Cobb comes back and pitches well, but you know it's not for long, okay? He's just going to be here until his contract's up. Means takes that next step as an ace, but I think he's more of a second starter, but he, he holds it down. Archer's not bad. So you have three guys going around every day and keep you in a ball game. Now, I like. Keegan, as your as your fifth starter, I think they're going to learn lean towards um, Brandon. I don't know why Cole Stewart has a lock on a fifth on a spot in the rotation. I think he's better stu- suited for the bullpen. But I think besides, Ka- I, I think Archer has to start. I just think that he, he's capable. But the last two spots should be fought by four guys. Four guys should fight for the last two spots. Forget Wade LeBlanc. Anybody that's that's throwing his name into that, I mean, that's just like, I mean, that's a waste of my time. I mean, injury wise, so you don't throw, you know, you don't throw a guy out there that definitely that you, you might as well put the L up instead of putting him on the mound or or, or bullpen or teaching guys the le- some things. Okay, but what? I mean, you're not fighting for a division. Why do you need to put this guy in here? I don't know why teams do that. One, if you want to put a guy in the mound to because you don't have to throw bums out there. Don't just don't get a weight of the block. Like get like I mean I'm nothing against Wade. He's a nice guy. I know him personally. But um, you know like I know him. Not like he comes out to dinner with me or anything. But um, not to. I mean it's just not. I mean what are you doing there? Like so forget him. But Kramer, Brandon, Cole, and and Keegan should fight for the last two spots. And if it was up to me, Kramer and Keegan would get it, and Cole would. Uh, 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 Brandon would wait, and Cole would go into the 
to the relieving staff, and maybe even Brandon. But um, that's me. That's me scouting. Remember, one, you know, when I scouted, I scouted pitches better than than hitters, and I was right on with a lot of my pitches. There's a lot of pitches in the major leagues now that I scouted, and um, so yes, yes, I, I uh, I feel that you look at that, and then you see the guys in the ball in in the farm system, and I'm just talking about guys that you you heard of. I'm not even scratching the surface of non-top 30 prospects. Like Dallas Litcher is going to have a great season this year. Starter, reliever don't matter. And he's not a top 30 prospect. And there's more. Excuse me. There is more. But Grayson's a can't miss. DJ Hall's a can't miss. All right? Pop is a, is a, is a can't miss. Rom is a, Drew is a can't miss. Those are four pitchers. Not naming these other four that I just threw at you, well, three, that I just threw at you, and then Litcher and other people, there's a lot of hope there. So optimistic, optimistic is that. That's what I mean about optimistic. So I show up into camp, and I get to see great, I get to see all these great young talent that's going to hit this level. And I get to see the guys that are at this level that are hungry and still young. And I get to see because I scouted, I've been in a farm covering farm systems and, and, and now with other teams that I seen and working with the Marlins, working with the twins, working with the Rays when they weren't good and seen them get successful. I could, I see it's like watching a rerun of a movie with a different TV. So the color is a little different. So the Baltimore Orioles uniform is what I mean by that. And that's why I'm excited. And that's how I can put myself and talk about this team weekly to you fans. And when I tell you things and you get a perspective of what I'm living through and going through, you could really write that down on paper, fold it up and open it up a year later and say, wow, let me check these boxes off because they're happening. Because that's exactly, I'm telling you how it is because I know these things. I'm not a guy that covered the Cardinals for five years and then won or, or the Yankees. Or when, and I'm coming in to talk to you guys and, and like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to building farm systems and bringing up rookies and how long it takes. No, I'm telling you from real life, you know, I'm, I'm, I, this is what I do. This is why I'm here. I'm here until they get good and hopefully they, they can keep, I, I stay around because it seems like every time the team gets good, my services are over and they send me to the next bad team. You know, because Major League Baseball likes what I do. They like that I, I, I could bring in and open people's eyes and put them behind my eyes so you could see what the future is going to be like. So you get hungry and excited and come out to games and support your team. But I'm hoping I can just plant roots. And I would love to plant roots with this team and these fans because I, I really do like this team and I like this. I like everything about Baltimore. I love the stadium. I love their, their facility in, in, in Florida. I love their facility in the, in the Dominican Republic. Yes, I do go to the Dominican Republic a lot. And Boca Chica, Dominican Republic is where, the, where they are. And that's right. It's 40 minutes from my wife's family's house. And I am very big on that on that aspect of the game also. And so I like every, and I love the uniforms. I love the hats. I love their mascot. I love, I love everything about the Baltimore's you can actually love. And I love their farm system. And I like some of the players at this level. I really do. And I love their front office. I love a lot of things about this team. So I would definitely like to plant roots here and stay after, you know, hopefully to not just keep me here like the other teams do until they get good. I was with the Marlins for a long time. 
So people saying that the Marlins ain't good anymore. They were they got good when I was I was moved on. Um anyway, with that said, I'm telling you, when I tell you things like this, I can see it. So that's why I'm I'm excited. I told that person, my buddy, hey, that's why I'm excited. And the fans need to be excited. If you're a true baseball fan, you must be excited about this Baltimore Orioles team. You got to be. Not because of the record this year. Not because they might fight for No, that has nothing to do with it. They're going to be better. You're going to see glimpses of what you're going to have for the future. And you know what's in that farm system. They have a very good top 30 prospect list. But they have guys outside that top 30 prospect list that are very good also. And I said this on the last show, and I will say it again, and I've said it before on other shows. The Baltimoreers could get anybody in baseball, anybody in baseball in a trade right now, including Mike Trout, if they wanted to. Now, I ain't saying Mike Trout's available. But if he was, first of all, Mike Trout would demand like nine players back, respectively. He has a long-term contract. He's one of the, he's the best player in the game. He's going to, and whatever you sign Mike Trout, you can sign Mike Trout to a billion dollars and you'll make your money back in, in three years. If he was a free agent right now, you could sign him for $900 million and you'll make your money back in three years. On endorsements, on, on, on primetime channels, on, on jersey sales, on, on ticket sales, on, on everything. On everything. you make your money back. That's why big dog guys still get contracts. Garrett Cole will make his money back in his contract. He might even make his money back this year. Because now Yankee fans think they're invincible and they're going to win a World Series. We play the games because we don't give out trophies what's on paper. But whatever. You know, Machado will make his money back in San Diego. Okay, Bryce Harper is going to make his money back in two years on the Phillies. They probably made half his contract back last year. If they contended, they probably would have made most of his contract back. If you're a contender and you sign a stud, not not your homegrown stud, like Chris Davis, they didn't make their money back on Chris Davis. They might have made most of it back, but not all of it, and they're not going to make all of it. But if they would have went out and and signed Harper, they would they would have got bets and signed them. They would make Mookie Betts' three hundred and something million dollar contract back if they contend. They'll make most of it back right away, you know, because fans are going to want to see him play in their uniform. But if they contend, you'll make it even more back if you're relevant. That's why the big studs get contracts still. And the other guys are not getting them. And pitchers obviously get contracts because that's the name of the game and everybody needs pitching. It's supply and demand. But you have to understand that they could get anybody, including Matt Trout. Now, you don't trade Mike Trout of you, the Angels. Because you make money. Now, owners ain't in this for, for the hell of it. It's not, I mean, some owners might. I mean, I can't answer for every owner, right? I mean, one, some owners might be like, hey, um, um, this is my hobby. And everybody spends money on their hobby. So, so I'm going to just spend money on this baseball team. And I don't care if I win. Uh, okay. That's cool. I, I don't know. But it is a business to 90% of these guys, 98% of these guys. And they do want to return value. And if you are a team that, well, can't get out of the... The, the shadow of of the Dodgers and, you know, you can't win because you have the Yankees and all these people in your divisions and well, your divisions, but your league. And 
But you have a Mike Trout, you sign Mike Trout because you make money off Mike Trout while you're trying to figure out how to win. Now, if the Angels want to win and overtake the Astros, you trade Mike Trout for nine people. <laughs> okay? You trade him. You don't and, and you trade Rendon right now. You know, you just signed them for four people. And now you have 13 new people, and then you might be able to trade one or two, and you have a nice you get now 18 new people. Major League ready or right around Major League ready to refill your team for the future. Yes, absolutely. But they could. The Baltimore Orioles get anybody they want. Will they have to get rid of some of that farm system? Yes. But they could get anybody. They could call up them. They could get Lindor. There's no doubt in my mind they can't get Lindor. You're telling me if they put Diaz in right field and trading Boomer, trading one of these top pitchers, trading. Uh, a couple, like three minor leaguers, and with Boomer, in a minute, like there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Even Givens doing in that trade, there's no doubt in my mind you can't get Lindor. They could have got Mookie Betts if they wanted. They could go to the Mets and get Schoenweiss, Storm, Mats. They could get either anyone they want. They could call up the Mets right now and get and what the Mets are going to try to get Lindor with. They could get. The Mets, the Mets really need an outfielder. All right, you're not – they're not replacing they're, – they're not going to eat Cano's contract. So in that Lindor trade, there's something going on with Cano. I, I, I mean, how do you get Lindor and, and keep Cano? Like, I don't understand how that would be. Unless you put Jeff in the outfield. Like, is Cofordo going in that trade and Jeff's going to the outfield and, and Lindor's going to short and, and Rosario's going to third? Like, I don't, I don't know what – I don't know what. I don't know. Like I just or, or JD Davis and 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 Kifor is going in that trade, and you're going to put Jeff to the outfield. Like I don't know what what they're the players that are being discussed, but it doesn't make sense. But they need an outfielder, all right. They have Kifordo. If they want Nemo, okay. And then they have you know JD Davis. That's a third baseman, and then they have. Cespedes that no one wants to talk about, and he's going at the end of the year anyway. I mean, it's a perfect scenario. Like, if I was the Baltimore Orioles, I pick up the phone and call the Mets right now. I say, hey, I want one of these three pitchers, and that, that we're going to give you a couple of players, and we're going to you're going to win a mix and match. We're going to play Simon Says with, but these are the guys that I want to talk about in the trade. I want. I want either Steven Matz and I want Dominic Smith, right? That's what I want. Steven Matz, Dominic Smith. Or I want Synagogue and Dominic Smith. Or I want Storm, Marcus Stroman or, or Dominic Smith. Either one. Either one of those, those, those three. And you could throw in Cespedes. We'll take away that circus for you. So that's three. And then maybe... And then maybe if you want to get rid of Edwin Diaz, I don't know if they do. I'm saying if you do, I'm just, that's why I'm on the phone with you and say, hey, if you really do, I think in a smaller market, well, Baltimore's not a small market, but it's not New York City. And him away from that atmosphere, I think that he would thrive over here and become, and if Edwin Diaz becomes Edwin Diaz again, you get a steal. But we'll take that from you. You're not going to tell the Mets that. You're going to say, hey, we don't know if you want to get rid of that circus also. Because the Mets right now have a clown car that fits 12 clowns, 
and they got four and they got 19 clowns in that car. Not calling the players clowns. I'm just saying the Mets are a ball of problems. I don't know if the Baltimore, if Birdland understands this. I grew up a Met fan. I grew up in Queens. And this is what I I grew up with. Clowns, clown cars. When you bring the circus to town, there's always clowns with it. Okay? And that's what the Mets are. From hiring Beltron to hiring a new manager to screwing over the second owner to try to buy the team now with Cohen. And, and, and now trying to get Lindor out of some reason when you don't need a shortstop. And unless you're going to eat Cano's contract, you put him at second. I don't know what what's going on there when they could have went for the Mookie Betts deal. I mean, Lindor's a free agent a year later, so whatever you're trying to give up, you're going to lose Lindor if you don't sign him anyway. I mean, I just don't understand the difference. I know Mookie Betts will test free agency, and Lindor will probably listen to a contract. Okay. But I just don't understand why. Like, they're a circus. Now you have the Cespedes thing that you're creating on your own. You know what Cespedes does in his walk season, right? The Baltimore fans, if you don't know what Cespedes does in the history of a walk season, where's a contract season, go look at his three or definitely the last two, but I think it was three contract seasons. This dude has put up Hall of Fame numbers in his walk seasons. That's what this year is. And that's what he's playing for, to play in the major leagues beyond this year. And like I said with Diaz, you know, they might not want that clown. So you could, you could say that. They say, no, 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 we're going to work with you. Okay, well, those are the three. Okay, okay, okay. If not, okay. And this is what I'm offering you. This is what I'm going to offer you. I'm going to offer you Boomer, which is one of the best outfielders you have. Now you have a guy that has an extraordinary year, and you could sign him probably a four-year deal worth $70 million, $75 million tops. A little more than what Nicholas just got with um the the team he went to. So I mean, really, to be honest, with the Reds. So, and that's a steal. And Cafordo's another guy that's going to get around ninety million for like four or five years. So you got some cheap options in the outfield there. And if Nemo really takes off, you got yourself. A, now you have yourself Cafordo, Boomer, and Nemo in the outfield, right? As the Mets. So now you have some stuff going on there. And hey, whatever it is, now you, you have an extra, you know, Nemo could sit the bench for one year and 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 you could play, you know, and then the following year you could eat Cano's contract and that's the end of that, right? Whatever the Mets want to do. If they want to trade J.D. Davis for somebody else, they could do it. So we're going to give you Boomer, okay? We're going to give you... Um, Hall. We're going to give you Hall, second baseman. Okay? To me, that's their future second baseman now. Now they have a future second baseman that can come over and play second. They don't have to give Hall, but, you know, whatever. They replace Cano. But also, they do have some some guy they have a guy in a two guys in a farm system but I think Hole would is like a buttering you know the icing on the cake type of thing they come over and play second and then we're also going to give you one of our our starters that are ready this year like like Keegan or Brandon or Kramer and then we're going to give you another top prospect another top one pitcher and we'll give you a hitting outfielder We'll give you like McKinney or whatever, whatever top prospect you want for outfield, but not named Diaz. 
right? So we're going to give you like five guys. And that's what you're going to give us back. Now, if the Mets said, okay, you can take whatever, we'll take whatever package, you know, I mean, they're going to want the Stephen Matz one because it just makes sense. So let's say they don't give up Edwin Diaz. Well, they say, if you give us Edwin Diaz throwing givens, I'm fine with that. I try not to do that. Maybe I'll give him a fry or something like that. I'll throw in fry as a six guy or I'll throw in Armstrong as a six guy. But if you give Diaz, if not, those are the five Diaz or not, whatever it is. Now you get Cespedes to come and he can play the outfield for one year and, and you're the number four prospect, number three prospect Diaz can, will be up the following year. So you already have a replacement for Cespedes. He's here for one year. Cespedes will, will make that lineup uh, pretty good. You know, you know, in the middle of that lineup on a walk season, he's going to make it pretty good. Okay. Yes, Neil Diaz is number five prospect. Just to re, you know, rebring that up. So now, if you were to give up Dean Kramer, number eight prospect to the Mets, and you would give up a. Uh, I don't know. I mean. McKenna, an outfielder, and you would give up someone like a like Brandon, twenty-one prospect. I think McKenna is like a number thirteen, and you give up Hall. I don't even know what what number pro, uh, Adam Hall, number fourteen, and then you give a Boomer. Th- those six, you know, I mean. Those guys, so you're giving up, you know, you're giving up some good players to the Mets, and it's future, and you get any one of those guys. Now, if the Mets said pick which one you want, I, I mean, I know a lot of people want Synagogue and Dominic Smith, and then they get Edwin Diaz and they get Cespedes, whatever it is. Cespedes plays that one year, and then Diaz comes and plays the outfield after that, right? Edwin Diaz goes to your pen with that pen, you give up Armstrong or something like that as a throw in, then whatever. That, that makes that pen even better. And he's young. And if he bounces back, you've got a gift there. And then also, you have a starter that's going to come in with your other three starters and give you a great – that's going to be four starters that could go out and win every day. And then you could have um, whoever you want to be that fifth starter at that point. Like you, you could, you know, keep Cole Stewart for one year, and then next year you bring up DJ Hall, and 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 you're good to go. And then the year after you you move Archer out of there. Well, you have Cobb that goes, and you bring in Grayson, and 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 you you're good to go. You're good to go. Now I know people want the want that uh, synagogue one, but Marcus Stroman would be the better scenario. When you play sign cheaper, he's done it in this division and in this league. So if you have him, Diaz, and then you get Cespedes for the one year, and then you have the other Diaz, you know, in the outfield, and the seal Diaz come up and, and replace the other um, play Cespedes, and then you have Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith could play first base, and Ryan uh, Ryan McCastle could be a can be a second baseman, replace Alberto, because you just got rid of DJ Hall in that trade. So it's a perfect scenario, but I don't know. I'm I'm not in the war room. I think they're comfortable what team they have on the field right now. Um, you know, and I, I do think, I, I don't know how long Boomer is going to be on this team. I don't know how long, um, he's a very good trade candidate. He, uh, 
I think Alex Cobb will be someone that will be traded towards the All-Star break if he's doing very well. I also think Givens will be looked at as being traded. I also think Seravino will be looked at getting traded. Those are the four guys I think that will be thrown on that block. I mean, Archer, maybe. I wouldn't trade John Means, but I'm really looking forward to Ryan Metcastle. I know what Roberto's going to do this year. I know he's going to bet close to 300. He's going to get you close to 20 home runs. He's going to play a good second base. I'm I really looking after. I can't wait to see what Luis does. Luis is, I just, I'm so excited about him and Hayes that it, it, I, I'm salivating thinking about these two. I think Anthony's going to have a great year, Blanca. Uh, I think Boomer's fine. And he, and what I like about Boomer is talking to him recently, he has said that, um, He's so excited about being a leader. Now, and everybody says, Frank, why do you want to trade him? Well, because I just think at his age and what he's going to bring to the team when they're about to win and be competitive, you could get more out of him right now, especially because he's not going to command a lot of money in free agency. He's not. He's um. He's also under control right now, and he's a very good player. And I feel that he can bring a lot back that can help out this team for the future. When I, I don't like the four-year win window. Like that's what a lot of teams are. They're a four-year win window because they have 27 and 28 year olds when they st- they're rebuilding because they think it's young. And then when they're ready to win, they're 32 and they're only good for two or three years. And then they have to replace them somehow and they take a back seat. Now really good teams that that let that happen are only bad for two or three years or average for two or three years and get back to winning again because they have the young player, but it's a cycle. I want, I want decade. I want 10 years. And with that happening, you have to trade a boomer, but he is the type of guy you like to get like Hayes. And and, I mean, this is a great talented team. Even Chris Davis, not being good is great to have around your ball club. Now this is a 26 man roster. You could keep Davis on your bench and mentor and DH here and there, play first here and there, pinch hit here and there. Yes, absolutely. I just think that they need to look at the guys that are going to get them where they need to get them to. And and, the, and they have three starters that can keep them in games. Cole Stewart is, eh, but I, I like Keegan. But I think Brandon has a, should have an opportunity, and he won't with Cole Stewart as a starter. I think Stewart's... Better fit for the bullpen. I like Givens. I like Harvey. I like Castro. I like Fry. I like Phillips. And I like Armstrong. Those are six. That leaves one spot for Beaver, um, uh, Rucker, Dylan Tate, Hess. That leaves spots for them, including Cole, Cole Stewart. I understand that maybe they don't want two rookie starters at the back end of the rotation. Okay. I think Keegan's going to end up being Brandon and Brandon. I think they can start Brandon, see what they have, move him to the pen if something goes wrong, and then bring up Keegan. I just think Keegan's going to be really good. And I think that, he, you know, because I don't, Cole Stewart's going to be what he is, a high four ERA, fifth starter, as a fourth starter. So, I mean, it is what it is. But you have a lot of hope and, and optimistic on this starting team. You do. This team's a great team. And it's built for a quick turnaround future with those guys, those prospects and, and a couple of guys on your non, on your non top 30 prospect list really to look forward to. And there's a couple of guys in a mention that really don't have any homes anywhere that is still going to be good. Like, like McCoy, like Mason McCoy is a very good player. You know, that's a guy that, you know, um, Jean Carlos and Carson, 
a third baseman in your in your farm system. Another very nice player. But where's if Luis does what I think he's going to do, and the glimpses of what he did last year, I really, I mean, there's no room for an Encarcio. All right, Bannon. Bannon is another second base, third baseman has no home. All right, you have Cody Sadluck. I mean, what, what what about him? I mean, that's a guy that Alex Wells, another left-hander, in in your in uh, Drew Rom, uh, is another guy in Zach Pop. Like those are pitchers. Dylan Tate. I know he didn't look great, but he is. He's you know, there's guys that need a little time. Those are guys. I'm just mentioning. And then if you you have Ryan McKenna, I mean, what about him? <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just throwing names out there. You know what you know what you get from Adley. You know that Grayson and Hall and Matt Castle are all going to be in this team. I really think that Diaz is going to be a monster of an outfielder. Hayes. So you got your top six. All right. I don't know why Kramer is not being even thinked about in the rotation, but I even think he's better than Brandon. Keegan, another left-hander I love, and then you have then you have Brandon at that point. You have Sadlick that, you know, you have Drew Rahm, but he's younger. Um, I know Brandon's the oldest out of the bunch, so they're going to give him a shot. Okay, that's fine. There is so much great talent in this farm system of the Oreos, but what they have on the field also, that's why I'm so excited about this season, and I'm hoping the fans' eyes are open to what they have here. I know there's a lot of people laughing and joking about, you know, things like that, but there is so much. And listen, you only have two more years of Chris Davis. So whatever they do with Chris Davis, two more years. I do think next year they will definitely eat his contract, especially if he has a bummer year this year, which he's probably going to have. And if he doesn't, great, because then that means you're even better. But most likely it's going to be a bummer year, and and they're going to eat his contract. So you have Matt Castle starting it at first base either that year, all right? Um, but, but there's only – you know, besides three guys, you know, and, and catching, obviously, you already have a replacement for. You have a first baseman replacement. So there's only two guys that you really, well, you actually have a replacement for every position. You have it for Boomer, which is Diaz. You have it for Roberto, which is Hall. You have it for Iglesias, which is Martin. You have for um, first base, which is Matt Castle. And you have for catcher and Adel. Everybody else is young. Santa's 25. Louise is 25. Hayes is 23. Means is 25. And you got all that young pitching. And, and you're young relieving. So I'm at a point where I'm so excited. Nunez is 25 years old also, the DH. I mean, I'm I'm just ecstatic at what this team could do and what they could do in the training. Now, if they're overachieving and around third place because their pitching's holding up, they have the farm system to go out and pick up some people. They also have guys waiting in the wings for the future so they could build a dynasty. It easily could be done. And Baltimore was a great team for a long time. They, they always have hitting. They always were a little lower in the, in the, in the um, pitching aspect. But they don't in their farm system, that's the turnaround. They actually have great pitching in their farm system. And it, it's going to be a fun season, Birdland. It's going to be a fun season. Your Orioles are really going to be better than what you think, and that's why it's optimistic. Now, the only team that really can't be optimistic in all the baseball is Detroit. 
I mean, they don't have a great farm system. They don't have a great team on the field. They have like two or three guys that could probably trade, and it's not for a boatload of people. I mean, that's the only team that doesn't have something in their farm system and a couple of people. Like the Royals have people they could trade, and they have a farm system. The San Francisco Giants have a farm system and a couple of people they could trade. The Marlins are building up their farm system. Everybody else is building. Colorado has a ton of guys they could train and a couple of people in their farm system. So does Pittsburgh the same thing. Detroit's the only team. So that's the only team I don't know how – I mean, that would be hard to talk about them because it would be hard to go out there and be like, hey, what are we going to do? Hey, no, we got this. Hey, we got that. Trust me because there's not much going on there. There's not. And that's a team also, you know, you want to pick up on the wounded, right? You want to pick up on the wounded? You really want to pick up on the wounded? That's a team that you could probably – you know, you call them up. Probably you could make a nice trade with them. I mean, they're willing to do anything at this point. Because that team doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, they don't, they don't have nothing going on for them. They got guys that are they're, – they're done. Like, I mean, you have Cabrera. I mean, he's, he's pretty much done. He's pretty much done, right? And so th- let's just look at this team. Now, they have a couple you – know, I mean, th- there's nothing to win a division. Like, they, they have some guys that with the other guys can probably do something. But – Nothing to win a World Series with unless they really overachieve and the stars align, the moon bright up in a certain way, and 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 the, you know a meteor hits the Mars and bounces off the you know uh, uh, something. I mean that's the only way they can win with this team. I mean Corn's a decent guy for first base, right? He's not going to go out there and he's not going to tear up. You know, I mean he's just decent. I mean he's a thirty-year-old player. He's not going to be there when they really if they turn this team around. But twenty-five home runs, seventy-eight RBIs, and a two-fifty-three. He's decent. He's decent. All right, Scoop is another guy. You guys know. I mean, uh, he played with the Twins. I mean, 23 homers, 59 RBIs, and a 256. Okay, he hit some home runs. All right, all right, we feel good about it. All right, whatever. Nico Goodman is a guy I knew personally when I was covering the Twins. I interviewed him many times. I always knew he would be a great player. He could play a ton of positions. He's not great, but this is your shortstop. Now, on a team like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, like you know the Twins or something, you put a shortstop like this out here, you know, 248, 12, 45, and 12 stolen bases. I mean, he gets, you know, 200 at bats. He probably puts up a little bit more numbers at 27. All right, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, but not on this team. And then you got Lugo at third. He's a 25-year-old. This is a guy that hit, you know, 245 with six and 26. He's young. He's from the Dominican Republic. We'll see what he does. But, I mean, if that's what you're banking on right now, I mean, <laughs> You know, and then you have Victor Reyes in the outfield, the 25-year-old. He had three homers, 25 RBIs, and a 304 batting average. I mean, do I know what he's going to give me this year? I don't. Jacoby Jones is another guy, you know, in their outfield, 235, 11, and, and 26 with seven stolen bases. Is that, you know, that's what I'm writing my team off on. And then you got um, you got Christian Stewart, 26-year-old. I mean, he batted, he had 10 homers, 40 RBIs, and a, what, 233 batting average? I mean, that's what they're, you know, and then they have a backup catcher that's their starter. A, catch, a guy that's been a bat, Austin Romeo, that has been a backup catcher, and he, he batted 281 with eight homers and 34 RBIs and 228 bats. All right, so he's not even, so he's going to batoon with someone, and right now he looks like your best hitter part-time. And then you got Miguel Cabrera, the guy that's an MVP, 
got into Triple Crown. He, he's 36 years old, and this is what I mean about 36 year olds, 34 year olds, 35 year olds. He, better, he, had, he had 500 at bats last year. It was 120, 130 at bats from a full season. He only batted 282 with 12 homers and 59 RBIs. All right? Because it's done. No matter how good you are, when you get 34, you, you decline. It's very rare. So who, who on this starting team? I mean, you know what you got to scoop. You know how old he is. You know Nico Goodman is not going to be that much higher than anybody else. Corn's what he is at 30 years old. You know, you're not going to get on for Cabrera. Victor Reyes could surprise you. Yeah, he could. Jacoby Jones get a little bit better. Right? A little bit better. Stewart, I'm not too sold on him. Romai is, 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 a, is a platoon catcher. So you got Lugo and, and, and Reyes that you're really looking at doing something. Right? Like... Those are your big dogs, hoping that they take it to the next level. Maybe Jacoby Jones steps up a tiny bit, right? That's what you're looking at. Now, I mean, I know you have 23-year-old Des Cameron that can eventually play the outfield. He's a big-time draft pick that you want that you want to do big things with. So maybe he could come out there, and if Jacoby Jones steps up a little, Reyes plays good. You have a three-man outfield, and you have Lugo, and you have Nico Goodman, but you need the other side of the infield and, and a DH. I mean, the relieving staff is relieving staff. I mean, they got Farmer, they got Soto, they got Garcias, they got they got uh, Jimenez. They're okay, but their starting rotation. Boyd is like the biggest trade piece they have. He's 29 years old, lefty. So you know, you're not gonna get a boatload of stuff for him. And he was nine and 12 with a 4.56 ERA, and that's your dog. That's your big dog. So I mean, you got Zinnemann. I mean, what is I, I'm? He's 33 years old. He's been. I mean, is he pitched full seasons? I mean, he had 23 starts last year. He didn't even pitch a full season. He was 1-13 in 13 with a 691 ERA. That's your second starter. I mean, <laughs> that's their second starter. And then they got Spencer Turnbull. I mean, you know, he was 3-17 and 17 with a 461 ERA. I mean, could he get better? Oh, maybe. Ian Nova is starting. Is he still? I mean, how old is he? 40? Oh, he's 33 and 3. But I mean, this is a guy that was probably your best pitcher at this point, eleven and twelve with a seven with a four seventy two ERA, just as good as as, as um, Boyd. And you got Norris that's bounced around the league left and right. Daniel Norris, I mean, oh, he's twenties. I'm sorry, I was thinking about Bud Norris. I, uh, he was three and thirteen with a four forty nine ERA. I like Fulmer. I think he, Michael Fulmer, I like him. Twenty, he's twenty six year old. He's a big dog. He's a hard thrower. He was three and twelve with a four sixty nine ERA. I mean, I like him. He's somebody that I would actually like on my team. But, I mean, that is your – and then they got um, a 25-year-old that looks like he's he's um, 60, and he's a lefty, and he's 1-4 to 46 ERA, and Tyler Alexander. That's their pitching staff to go with that type of hitting. This team's going to lose like 120 games, 115 games, easy. But the, the reason why I'm bringing them up is that that's where the optimistic, like you, you get how op- the optimistic is. Hopefully, Reyes takes the next level. Lugo is really those guys. Maybe Jones steps up a little, and then, you know, like Fulmer and, and Turnbo, the young pitchers, and Norris take the next step. And then you could stop building around that. I don't know who you're going to trade, but you could build around that, and you lose Cabrera's contract, and 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 maybe Des Cameron does good, and they have a nice little outfield, and they could build on that. That's what I'm trying to say. But what I meant about picking on the prey, on the, on the dead, is you know being a vulture. You know, Baltimore could come over here and be like, "Hey, you know, what do you want for Boyd? What do you want for Fulmer? It's a 26 year old. 
I mean, I don't think Baltimore needs pitching, especially for that aspect, because Former is going to be good in another year. He'll be good on a certain team. Boyd's 29, so it's not a big deal. So they don't really need things like that. So, you know, it's more like relieving. Like, you know, like and, – and, and again, I, I like Rom and Pop, those guys are going to be relievers. But a guy like like Buck Farmer, six and six with a three seventy two RA, seventy three games, sixty seven innings, seventy three strikeouts at twenty eight years old. That's a guy I want. That's a guy I would say, hey, what do you want? You know, we could give you some of our young players that are not going to be on this team for a guy like that. Twenty five year old uh, Joe Jimenez. I know he had nine saves, fifty nine innings, eighty two strikeouts at fifty nine innings, and it was the array was a little high, but he's twenty five years old. So I mean, those two guys in, in that rotation, in that relieving staff. I would say, hey, what do you want? You know, throw in Fulmer, maybe, because I feel more about Fulmer than I do for Cole Stewart, and we'll give you three minor leaguers and maybe throw in somebody else at at a certain level. And I'm and and that's what I mean. I pick it on the on the dead because if this was a team that was close, they wouldn't trade an Imanez or a Fulmer. But you know, <laughs> but they're not. So that's something that you know I would look at. Plus, we have Cumberland in the farm system, a catcher that they they need a future catcher. You know, we have guys that could that could obviously DH. You got, um, you know, Boomer would be great to send them. I hate to send them over to Death Valley. That's what it is right now. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why Baltimore can go out and get anybody, and they could pick off some prey. And and you know, Detroit would be a perfect opportunity to go over and make a trade with them because they won't care who they trade with right now. But Baltimore's that much better than these teams, and and that's what I'm trying to say about their farm system is so much more elite. And because if you had the Baltimore farm system with this team, let's just take the Baltimore farm system, move it over to Detroit. So now corn after you have Mario Mattcastle that play first. At second, you have someone like after scoop is done, you have Hall. Nico Grimman's fine at short, but you do have Ricky, Richie Martin. Lugo and, and Ruiz could end up being like the same exact player. I have a little more, little more hope in Ruiz because he Ruiz because he has the numbers to back it up. Lugo played less games, but he looks pretty good. You have Reyes in the outfield right now. Let's say if, you know, but you would have Diaz, you would have McKenna, you have Jones and you have Cameron. So, I mean, there, there's some stuffs there. And then you have someone like Adley to play short. I mean, to play catcher, excuse me. And then you have guys, you know, like anybody that could come up at DH at this point that they have in the farm system. And then you have pitching staff, like they have Boyd, they have Turnbow, they have Norris, they have Fulmer. They, that they have, so they have three pitchers that could do something. But then you have a guy like Grayson, DJ Hall, Kramer, Brandon, uh, um, Keegan. You have Rom, you have Pop. Some of those guys go over to that relieving staff. They go with Imanez and Farmer and Soto. And, I mean, and you know Gregory Soto, a 24 year old lefty that that struck out 45 guys in in 57 innings. Anyway, he's you know, he's from the Dominican Republic. His ERA wasn't great. But you take those guys and add them to the guys that they have here. Like, that's a good team now. You see what I'm saying? When you build the farm system, that's a good team. And that's why Baltimore isn't is in a good situation. That's what I'm trying to make you guys feel. What, you know, like, how good of a situation we're in that the Baltimore Orioles are in. Uh, that's all. That's what I'm really trying to, um, to do. Like, that's what I'm really trying to, to get over with you guys. And 
you look at the Tigers, they have the number one prospect is a pretty good prospect. I mean, Matt Manning, the number two prospect, isn't bad. But then after that, it gets very suspect. I mean, he, you know, Cameron's number eight. Jake Rogers, he's a catcher. He he's supposed to be pretty good. I mean, I don't. He's not. He's not Adley. No, he's not. He's not Adley. So there's a lot of, you know, and and after that, it's it's, it's it, you're done. I mean, you got Will Castro at shortstop. I mean, I I you know he's he's he, he he's not a home run guy. He's a batting average guy and a defensive guy. I know. I mean, on certain teams, okay. So I'm not really, you know, their their farm system isn't. I like Kyle Funkhauser. He's an eight, he's top 18 prospect. He's a guy I would ask in a trade if I have a trade with him. He's, I know he's 25 years old, um, and he's in their farm system. But I, to me, I think you know, I mean, he had a three and one with a with a 190 ERA, and you know, struck out more innings than innings pitched. I I, I just I like him a lot. Um, so they have a couple of guys, but not like what. Baltimore has. And that's what I'm trying to say because a lot of people think Baltimore and Detroit are going to be the worst teams in the American League. And then in the National League, everybody always picks, you know, the Marlins, but they're not that bad. But so it's more like Pittsburgh is going to be the worst team there. But National League looks a little bit better with their bottom feeders. But that's what it is. And Baltimore is not even close to being a bottom feeder, not even close to being a team that, I mean, they are going to be a very, and, and I said this, I think this on the last show. Or, or I might have said this on someone else's show as a, as a guest, but if you look at where these teams are, like obviously Detroit, I think Detroit, Kansas City, I think Seattle, depending on what happens in Boston, I really do think Boston can end up worse than Baltimore. And then if you look at the National League, I think that they write, they're kind of with the Marlins. I think they could end up better than them, pending. I think they're better than Pittsburgh. I think they're better than Colorado, and I think they're better than San Francisco. So you got San Francisco, Colorado, you got Pittsburgh, you got the Marlins right on them, you got Seattle, you got Detroit, you got Kansas City, and and boy, that's like eight teams worse than them. Eight teams worse than them. So they're not as bad as the, I'm telling you. It's going to be, and you got to sit and take the season as a whole. Not as an individual, not as a record, not as, oh, they only won 10 more games than last year or, th- or 13 more games. No, you got to look at it as a whole. Now, 13 more games, you know, 67 wins, it gives you less than, than it gives you what Toronto had last year. Now, Toronto's picked the, the fight for this division to be a very respectable team a year later because they went out and got some pitching, which we have in the farm system in Baltimore. So if you look at that, you got to see that, that, it's just it's just common sense. So what they need to do is they need to just build on that. Forget the wins and losses right now. Look at the individual players. Look what you have in a farm system. Look what you could probably bring in. You know the ownership has money. You know it's a destinational city, and I feel that that's big in free agency. If they start winning and they build a good core, with that ownership's money and the way they, they they try to always win, not like some teams, they could go out and get free agency. It only takes one big dog to sign over here before the, the floodgates open in. Now, just be smart on your contracts. And I think they could build a dynasty, not the four-year window. I'm very optimistic about this season and where it could end up. I wouldn't be shocked if they're a third-place team. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in last place. But being better off than they were at the end of this season, that's how you build. 
Next season, they will be better. And in that season after that, they will contend. And I promise you that. I'm telling you that. And barring any weird stuff, that's the case scenario. It is. If I were, you know, so I, I don't think that that's out of the realm right now. I really like their farm system. I really like what they have at this level. I really do. And I really, like I said, if, 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 if I was a free agent and I'm a big dog free agent at this point, right? I'm big dog. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. Let's say Lindor. I don't know. Mookie Betts. Let's just say I don't, I'm sitting down and I know there's a million other teams going to go after me, but let's just say I'm sitting down with Detroit and I'm sitting down with the Royals. I'm sitting down with the Baltimore Orioles. I'm sitting down with the Miami Marlins and uh, let's just say that those are the teams, right? You tell me where I'm going to sign out of those four. All right. You look at the roster as a whole. The Marlins have a very good roster. They have a very good farm system. They have a lot of young, good pitching. They have some guys that are coming up. They're going to be tremendous. Miami is definitely a destinational city. I mean, it's beautiful. It's sexy. I lived there. Um, It's just, it it is what it is. But the the ownership, the fan base isn't there, and the ownership isn't there. It hasn't proven yet. This could be the ownership. Um, I got the Detroit Tigers. We don't, their farm system isn't great. They don't have great players on the field. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to be the worst team in baseball this year. So, and do I want to live in Detroit? I'm not, I I hate saying, but I'm not like like Cleveland. Cleveland's a winning team, a good team. I'm just not sold on Cleveland. I'm not, I I wouldn't live in Cleveland. It's, it's my preference. I, I don't want people in Cleveland to get mad at me. I just wouldn't live there. Um, the outskirts of Michigan is great. I mean, great hunting, great, great little towns, great shops, great things. I wouldn't live in the city of Detroit. Sorry, right now. I know they're doing a lot of things to revitalize that city. There's a lot of big plans coming in. You guys will see the the, the electric self-driving cars are going to be built there. Um, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be unreal. So they're going to be, it's going to be picked up. But right now, Baltimore's a better city than me than that. All right, Kansas City, the same thing. I like Baltimore over Kansas City too. And I actually lived there because I worked at the Royals. Um, also. What was the other team? I forget what other team it was. But that that to me that, that even the Mets, like the Mets could come and win this division this year. But if I I, I would look at Baltimore because the Mets are a circus. Baltimore isn't a circus. It's a great stadium. It's a hitter stadium. If you're you know, and it's also could be a pitcher stadium. It's not like it's like Colorado or anything. They have a good ownership. They have a lot of history. They got a great farm system. They got a pretty good core already. It's a destinational place to go. So right now. The Baltimore Orioles, forget record-wise, forget last year, forget you know what's going on. It is a it is a spot that could be very good. You're a very good situation right now, Birdland. Very good, very good. Actually, great. Forget good. It's great. And you got Chris Davis two years coming off. Alex Cobb's coming off. I mean, those are the big contracts right now. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, I mean, there's a lot, and you don't have any, where's the contracts? Where's the money going? Where's the money going at this point? If you trade Boomer, where's it going? You don't have, everybody else is, is, is going to be under control. It ain't going anywhere. And they have money on top of that. So they could afford big money. So you could, you could keep your core, which is great. And you have the fan base to, to keep help keep the core. So a lot of great things, Birdland, a lot of good things going on. A couple of things to touch about before 
I end the show. Um, uh, Cobb, I, I said I got some in track on him, and he's looking really good. He's on track for spring training, and, and if he's healthy, you know what he can put up. You know what kind of numbers Cobb can put up, right? We all know that he's a he's one of those pitchers. He's like he's like a Charlie Morton. Um, he just goes out and, and and does his thing and does it quietly. Sometimes he turns heads, but you know not everybody really cares too much. That's why he ended up signing here. Uh, he was hurt last year. I don't I don't like talking about last year when a player's hurt and and a team's down and they're not winning. It just all of it piles up and it just doesn't do anything for anybody. But if you look at it, you know, before that, before his last two years, because, you know, he only he had 28 starts here before and then three. So he was kind of, but he was, he was 12 and 10 with a 366. He was 10 and nine with a 287. He was 11 and three with a, with a 260, 276. He was 11 and nine with a 403. He was three and two with a 334. All right. Then he had a five, then he had a, um, a five and 15 with a 490 in Baltimore. And he had a, uh, a 0 and 2 with a 10 something. But his his lifetime, he's a winning record with a 385 ERA, 164 innings, 180 strikeouts, 255 batting average against. That's a very good pitcher to throw out there every fifth day if he's healthy. So he looks good. Everybody's excited about that. I'm excited about that because it sends three pitchers to the mound that keeps you in games. Okay. Um the caravan I thought was a success. I thought they did a very good job with it. I know there was a lot of people that wanted them to go to different cities and different towns and and, su- and surrounding areas. It's very hard. There's a schedule. There's player things. There's a lot of things to keep up. And, you know, you can't totally blame that on the team. But I think it was a success. I, um, I'm looking forward to a lot of other things with this team. Like I said, um, I just, there's a lot. There's a lot of, of good things going on. I think their open day roster is going to uh, surprise. I think there's a, there's a ton of guys in camp, so there's a lot of competition. But we kind of know what this team, the the, the starters, and are going to be. Maybe a pitcher or two, a reliever or two, a bench position. Almost every bench position could be fought for. Can someone surprise and start? Can Can Adley start the season with the team? Probably not, but you never know. Ryan McCastle could obviously start at first, and Davis could be on the bench. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of things to look at that way. Um, Mullins is another guy that's going to try to make this team. We're going to see what he can do. He's healthy. Uh, I love what I said, what, what was said about Boomer. I kind of got off that track saying he's so excited about being the leader, the veteran, the guy on this team. I, I love hearing things like that. I will interview him in spring training and bring you more insight on that. Also, um, y- you know, I just, there's, there's so many things that I'm looking forward to to spring training and things to be answered. But also, we're going to get a lot of interviews. We're going to get some like five-minute interviews. We're going to get full 30-minute interviews. We're going to have some guys on the show going forward with me. Um, so we're going to have a lot of things. So when you, if you guys want a certain person on the show, hit me up. You can hit the voicemail to the show. I, it comes to me personally or it goes to Juan and he sends it over to me. And, and I can hit that person up. If I, I'm, we're going to put out who we're having on the show, maybe in advance, hopefully in advance, not when we're at the games or interviewing the five minute interviews and stuff. We're just going to go up. You know, we're not going to, we're just going to go up and interview players and play sound bites on the show. So that will be, um, you know, something like that. But if anybody's going to be on the show, be in advance, you guys can send questions in. 
Um, Dallas Litcher was on our first ever show. So will we play that? Not, I don't know if I'm going to attach it. I might attach it to this show. I don't know. Why don't you attach this show? The show's only an hour and a half, make it two hours. We could do that. Right? Well, it was an hour interview, right? Yeah, so maybe maybe next show, because we're going to have one more show without any sound bites, right? We're going to go co- get a bunch of sound bites and put them on a show, but we're not going to do it for the next show, right, Juan? Am I, am I correct on that? Yeah, all right. So maybe next show we'll just do an hour, and and then we'll add the the Dallas Litcher uh, interview that's an hour, so it'll be a two-hour show, and then the other ones will have the sound bite too. So that's what we'll do. So, yeah, definitely keep – Keep in contact with us. At Frank Conti 13 is my Twitter. Um, you can also go to 27 outs uh, Twitter, which is 27 underscore outs baseball. Uh, QMB has a Twitter, right? Yeah, they have a Twitter. Um, that's QMB, I guess. What is it? QMB 103 FM. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, you go to that. You, we'll start talking more about QMB 103.3. A lot more. We'll give out that website, and obviously the twenty-seven ounce website, and all that. And but you can hit me up direct. You know, I actually, if you are just a real diehard Birdland Oreo fan, and you don't want to go over to QMB, you don't want to go over to twenty-seven ounce, you don't even want to go click on their Spotify or anything like that. I have my show also is on my own platform. I have the Being Frank platform. Um, Baltimore or baseball talk. You could just follow my show on Anchor or on Spotify or on Radio.com or whatever, to, wherever it is, and and you don't have to worry about clicking and listening to every show or going to find our show archived and stuff like that with the other shows that are on those stations. You could just go over and follow me. I greatly appreciate that. It shows me I have some, I get some love from you guys. That's great. But you could get everything also at Twenty Seven Ounce or QMB. So. I want to thank everybody for joining me on this Monday morning. I will talk to you guys next week. It will be I will be at spring training. I'll be doing a bunch of things there, a bunch of interviews. We'll have players on the show. It's going to be a fun time at spring training. You'll see pictures on Instagram. You'll see pictures on all the Instagrams, all the all everything, Twitter, everything. Um, if you know big time Baltimore fans that I'm not following or whatever, just send it right over. You know, send them over to follow me. Again, I, I am MLB credentialed. I'm, I'm not doing this in my T-shirt in my mother's basement. It's it's the real deal here. So I, I appreciate every, all the love that I'm getting, and I'm telling you, you're going to be very surprised this season. I want to thank you. Juan, thank you. Next week, same thing, same time, same place. Take care. Brush your hair. Peace. I'm out of here. Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call? Every game does a different star. That's the magic of all real baseball.
some energy drinks want to scare you. Some even want to bully you around. And the others, they're just blowing smoke. Packed with vitamins B3, B5, B6, and B12, the new HiQ Energy Drink comes available in four exciting flavors. Skyberry Fusion. Apple. Coconut Fruit Punch. And Lemline. Natural caffeine. No preservatives. No crash. No bull. IQ Energy Drink. Wings are for birds. of something great my lungs will fill and then deflate they fill with fire exhale desire i know it's dire my time today i have these thoughts so often i ought to replace that slot with what i once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now i just sit in silence sometimes quiet is violent i find it hard to hide it my pride is no longer inside it's on my sleeve my skin will scream reminding me of who i killed inside my dream i hate this car that i'm driving there's no hiding for me i'm forced to deal with what i feel there is no distraction to mask what is real i could pull the steering wheel I have these thoughts so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence Something terrifying Cause this time there's no sound to hide behind To find over the course of a human existence One thing consists of consistence And it's that we're all battling fear Oh dear, I don't know if we know why we're here Oh my, too deep, please stop thinking I liked it better when my car had sound There are things we can do But from the things that work There are only two And from the two that we choose to do Peace will win and fear will lose It is faith and this sleep We need to pick one, please Because faith is to be awake And to be awake is for us to think And for us to think is to be alive and I will try with every rhyme to come across like I am dying to let you know you need to try to think I have these thoughts so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence
I bind her of something great My lungs will fill and then deflate They fill with fire, exhale desire I know it's dire, my time today I have these thoughts so often I ought To replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio And now I just sit in silence